Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Air that music goes again. I always have a problem with that. <laughs> we are here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are hopefully, every time we get on the air, is our goal, is our mission, and it's our opportunity to help you, our listeners, uh, not only know what's going on around you, but impact the world around you. That's what we are called to do. That's what we try to do. And if you hear a lot of rumbling, that's because I'm moving my mic. Got my mic going um, and trying to adjust it. Anyway, so that's that's what we're called to do every time we get on the air. We've had a uh, Vacation, we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit. Um, as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Uh, there are several ways you can do so. The primary way is you can call the number 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your thoughts, commentary, your insight on the air live if you so choose to do so. The chat room is open. You can also go to the chat room and uh, – and log in there and share your thoughts and commentary and dialogue there. And we straight encourage, which we do encourage you to do so. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, the Zero Network the Zero Network Facebook page. You can go there and you can uh, share your commentary, your comments there on the topic that we'll be discussing today, or you can listen and uh, to any archive show that goes back um, several years now. You can. Listening to those shows, you can still provide your comments there if you like to. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the handle for the show is at Zero Radio on Twitter. My personal handle is at Prophesied, R-O-P-H-E-P-S-I. Um, that's uh, my personal Twitter, so you can do that. Also, you can hit us up on email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. And go to my website, LorenzoTNeal.com, and you can uh, we'll be updating that shortly um, because we're writing some commentary uh, regarding this topic today. 
And as you may have noticed, the topic today is the POTUS bigotry, the POTUS's bigotry, the president of the United States bigotry, and the evangelicals' silence. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Why are they so silent? What, uh, <laughs> what is their position? The white church. And I'm speaking in this content um, largely because – and I know some folk will say, well, there's no such thing as a black church and a white church, but there is very much so a distinction in uh, those two churches, uh, those two entities. There is very much a distinction. And then even though we have interracial and multicultural churches, multi-ethnic churches is a going word now. The reality is here in America, there's still a very, very staunch divisiveness. On Sunday mornings, in most places, you won't find everybody in the same place, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, the thing about it is, is that we have to talk, and talk we shall. And I would love to get your comments, your insight on this topic of the day, as we ask the question: Why are they silent? Not just black, not just white. Evangelicals. I'm talking about black evangelicals too, because there's some black preachers who supported Trump, who are silent. And so we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I want to get into uh, before I get into that uh, that topic and that um, that that subject. You know, I like to always start off with some church news, basically, um, and. Uh, I've, I've browsed certain sites and you can find them. Find them. Uh, I usually like Ann Brock and her site, the old church. It's a wonderful, um, wonderful website reference. I love to go to and there are several others. But I found a, um, an article on her site and not just hers, but I, uh, I also came across it on my Facebook page. There's a church in Atlanta called the Dream Center Church, and you might not be familiar with the church, but you may be familiar with the pastor of the church, who is the uh, Bishop William Murphy, uh, William Murphy Jr., I think. I think because his father, I may be mistaken. But anyway, William Murphy is the pastor of the Dream Center Church. And I was, <laughs> it's funny because they, they spell it with a lowercase d and a capital R. I don't know what it is, but that's how they spell it. Anyway, so. Um, T Pain, who is a rapper, um, had a marketing scheme with a pink, uh, that that uh, pink trap house, and I know, I don't know what the marketing scheme or thing was. I tried to find, uh, but anyway, they two chains, not not uh, what I say, T Pain. <laughs> <laughs> two chains, Atlanta rapper Two Chains, but did a marketing thing for his album, um, and the theme was Pink Trap House. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know what a trap house is, um, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, that is that's a good thing. I hope you never have to go to a trap house, but uh, trap house. Is uh, in so many words, it's a drug house with with, with extra stuff. 
You know, it's more than just back in the day we had crack houses. A trap house is a little bit more than a, a crack house, you know. Um, it, it can involve some of everything. Uh, and if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong on this definition, you all can help me because, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm out of the loop. I ain't, I'm, I'm not like that. in loop per se. But anyway, uh, Bishop Murphy, who is more – he's very well known for um, singing the song Praises What I Do. If you've heard that song, he's the one who's the leader of that song. And he's also uh, uh, another song that really I, I really enjoy that he sings or he's led. Um, it's Everlasting God. Um, if you haven't heard that song, man, it's a song just speaks to my spirit and stays and stirs my soul every time I hear it. And I appreciate uh, the Lord's gifting uh, in Bishop Murphy. Uh, Bishop Murphy was also one of the um, uh, the minister of music at. Um, um, okay. I, I tried to take a, 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 a hold on right here. Uh, I'm trying. I, I, I clicked on a slide and I got the nice uh, the audio in my ear. So um, that's that's what. Uh, let me just kick off it all together. Um, okay. Anyway, anyway, so uh, so William Murphy, um, William Murphy, used uh, the rapper's theme um, at his church, and you can go to the old black church, and you'll see. Uh, scroll down, you'll see the story where he. It was a pink trap theme. Um, trap house themed worship service. I, I don't know how that works. I, I all I know is they had pink lights <laughs> in the church, and what he was trying to convey was that getting involved in the world is a trap. You know that's why you're called to come out of the world. You come out of the world and you get uh, you come into salvation. You're in freedom and you're not trapped by sins or by the sins of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, pride of life, right? And and I do understand that. I, I do understand it. And but here's my thing, you know, I'm not about gimmicks. I don't believe we need gimmicks for the gospel. I'm not knocking please please don't say um I'm um hating on Bishop Murphy. I don't know what his ministry does. I've never been. I I just admire his singing, and I leave it at that. I've never heard him preach. I can't. Re- well, I did. I lied. I did hear him preach one time. Um, I, um, and he was all over the place. <laughs> uh, but it was a sight. When you he had sang, he had sung first and then preached, and I think people were still excited from the from the singing. Uh, at the first few moments of his sermon, uh, you know, it was just kind of all scattered. Not so I, I, he lost me after about the first five minutes. But that was, you know, that was a while ago. Um, but I am not knocking him or his ministry. I, my, my thing is, and I, I, I believe because I'm not a, 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 a well acquainted with the imagery altogether, I probably can't. You know, I'm not probably good enough to talk about that. Uh, 
what he was trying to convey. It was a local thing, so those persons in Atlanta, you, my, uh, those who listen to me in Atlanta, maybe you can provide a little bit more insight uh, to change what he was trying to convey with his marketing scheme versus what William Murphy in his, you know, in his attempt to um, use that. You know, and galvanize young people to his church, which I I think is a notable thing to do. Um, and there's always the argument. Well, you know, you got to get them in somehow, and maybe that's one way to get them in. Yeah, I I'm not going to argue that. Um, that is definitely a good way to get them in. <laughs> but uh, how you gonna keep them in? You know, if you get them in with gimmicks, you got to keep them in with gimmicks. And that's that's just my my thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, you know. Did he go too far? Was it right? <laughs> and I know a lot of you, some of these good old folk are going to say he shouldn't have been doing it. But it brings me to the point, <laughs> my other point, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't able to broadcast last week, but there was a clip of a church um, in um, Los Angeles where they allowed their youth dance team, I'm not even going to call them a praise team, dance team, to dance to Jay-Z's, a song by Jay-Z, and, and there, you know, I don't have a problem with people dancing to secular music in the church, I'm just going to say it, I don't have a problem with it, um, the, the church is a sacred space altogether, and when we bring music in that's secular, we sanctify that. <laughs> Yeah, I know some of you may disagree with me, but the reality is I'm, I'm, you know, being a musician and realizing that chords are just chords, and yes, chords can convey certain emotions. They can they can trigger certain things. That music can do that. I understand that fully. But uh, you know, this the same thing has been going on for centuries. Nothing new under the sun. And um, we ain't about to get into the debate about that. I didn't intend to get off target, but anyway. So his dance team, his church's youth dance team, um, did a routine to one of Jay-Z's songs, and they didn't use the radio version of it. <laughs> they used the explicit lyrics version of it, and the audience was just – I just I was watching the video, and they were just sitting there like, okay, all right, mm-hmm. And you're hearing the words, or you're hearing the S word, you're hearing those, this, you're hearing the lyrics. And I'm looking at the white, at the, <laughs> the faces of some of the old folk in there, just wondering like, why in the world is this happening? Who, what, blah blah blah. And the pastor eventually defended with the same argument I just stated that you know you got to get them in, and and um, once you get them in, you got to keep them in, and this is one of the way of keeping the youth in. And I again. I understand that argument, but if you're gonna do that, use the clean version, my brother, <laughs> my sister. If you're gonna play secular music, make sure that it's clean. You know, if you're gonna play Frankie Beverly and Maze in in your service, and I've done it before. I, <laughs> um, uh, for a Father's Day message, I wanted to connect uh, the older generation with the younger generation, and I did it musically and and to. To do so, I used the old James Brown tune, Papa Don't Take No Mess, I think. Uh, and I, you know, I incorpor- in, incorporated that into my message. And it went over well with my, 
my senior members. They enjoyed it. <laughs> At first they thought it was great, you know. They didn't know, you know, what was going on. <laughs> but then once they understood and I put it in context and the sermon was well, well organized and specifically directed, you know, they understood it and it was well and they didn't go to the bishop on me. <laughs> but things like that, gimmicks like that. You got to keep going. You got to keep them going. That, and you, you know that that's the kind of stuff that happened with those faith healers back in the early part in the mid, you know, early twenties and uh, early twentieth century, and the middle of the twentieth century. my show, uh, realized that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents, but then I remembered that I had security, I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com, they have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff, they got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup.
it looks like I haven't been. <laughs> it looks like I have not been on on air at all. This is crazy. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see. Okay, anyway. Um, so these white folks come in. They come into uh, Virginia, and their intent is to defend their heritage. And in the midst of defending their heritage, what happens amounts to basically um, a riot. I'm struggling trying to hear myself, so y'all y'all just bear with me. Just just bear just bear with me because I I'm not sure if uh, I I can't see a signal. So um, yep. Uh, but anyway, so. What they were trying to accomplish backfired, but they, but then this is where I, this is where I really want to talk about. So President Trump makes two statements regarding um, this. He makes two statements. The first statement, he says that um, that um, there was there was people on all sides who can be responsible, share responsibility in what happened in Charlottesville. People on all sides. And he said that on all sides. And, and, you know, of course, that drew fire from other commentators across the spectrum, saying that he was not specific enough. He should have denounced. He should have He should have made sure to renounce and denounce and all of that. So he comes back on Monday, and on Monday he has a prepared statement. And he reads the prepared statement, and he openly denounces he denounces uh, David Duke. He denounces the white, uh, the uh, alt-right, KKK, neo-Nazis, all of that. And so people were, and and people were like, well, you know, okay, that's good. But everybody could see that he really didn't mean anything that he said. He was just reading it. He was just quelling, you know, using it to quell the media storm. And he comes right back and said, no, you're fake media, so I don't want to talk to you. And um, Blah 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 yada, yada yada. And then on yesterday he makes another statement um, when he was supposed to be talking about infrastructure and um, supposed to be talking about all of this stuff to make America great again <laughs> with our bridges and our roads and all of that. He gets off script and goes back to his original comment about all sides. And I, I, I do understand what he's saying. I do understand where he's talking about all sides. You know, those persons who were permitted legally, the white nationalists who were permitted legally, even though they went beyond their um, prescribed limits in, uh, in their protest and on Saturday, um, you had presence of those who were not legally supposed to be there, and in that, I think it is what he was trying to say. Those persons, the counter protest, counter protesters who were there, were just as agitating as the uh, neo Nazis, the white supremacists, KKK, and and there is truth to that. There is very much true. You cannot just single out the white folk, those you know, the white people's side. There's truth. There were agitators on both sides, but the agitators on the side of the white nationalists 
were the ones who were who felt they were able to do so because of the rhetoric of the president and because the president didn't outright denounce them, they were like, okay, yeah, he he you know he just told us to you know tone it down a little bit. That's basically all it amounted to. Tone it down, keep it up, but just tone it down. You know, you can't say what you used to say back in the fifties and forties, sixties. You can't do that no more. Tone it down, tone it down. March, but tone it down. Keep your flags, keep your Nazi symbols, keep your all that stuff, but just tone it down. That's what it came across. And uh, while a lot of persons across the political and religious spectrum have spoken out, Trump has shown reluctance. I mean, he's not denouncing. He says he's denounced David Duke, and you can go back as far as 92 when David Duke was uh, running for president or running for governor of Louisiana. I never forget that in 92 when he was running, thinking that he can build, you know. Uh, Trump has been on record since the 90s uh, regarding David Duke. Now, while he was on the campaign, he acted like he didn't know David Duke, but they, well, you, you know, you dig in archives and he mentions it, you know, you can find audio and video evidence of such. But anyway, uh, the people who put Donald Trump in office share the sentiment. And when Donald Trump said that there were good people on both sides, there's a whole more. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that, because it is the people on the alt right, is the silent majority, the ones who share the sentiment of those persons who are marching, but don't want to march, the ones who have the same uh, political ideology, but don't want to wear the swastika, don't want to carry the Confederate flag. You won't see it in the yards. You won't see it uh, You won't see it anywhere in display. But they share those same sentiments. They want, they believe that they're being infringed upon. They, they believe that they're becoming some type of minority. I don't know how they believe it, but they do. And then it's reinforced in some of the churches. Why you say that? How can you back that up? Well, the Southern Baptist Convention struggled it was a struggle for them to pass a resolution denouncing the alt-right. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it because a lot of them identify with it. And it has become not just a political ideology with them, it has become a spiritual ideology. It has become a part of their Christian ideology, their Christian praxis. And what's worse but what's worse is that you have um, black Christians, blacks identifying it. Well, not 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 identifying, but defending this nonsense. I'm a part of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. It's an organization by Star Parker. I, I really admire Star. I really admire. Uh, um, Derek. McCoy and the work that they're doing there at, in, with CURE. I've been to the seminar, the summit, the National Pastors Summit. And I, I think it's a great work. Unfortunately, this is this is where I, I, I'm not going to defend by any means. And there's a story, and it's on the black, it's on the old black church website, but it's, you can find it several other places also. 
Um, there's a story just, oh, I think it came out on Monday, possibly Monday or Sunday, or Monday or Tuesday, I can't recall. But you can find it. You you can find it. Um, where um, they go on the record as saying that um, Trump is not the driver of this divisiveness, this white supremacy movement. Um, he is not. He is not the instigator of this racial divide. And I I I strongly disagree with it. I strongly disagree with them on this. And um, I still might be going to the summit <laughs> in D.C. in September of this year. And uh, <laughs> I still, I can disagree with them and still share in the values because, you know, it's a common value that we share. Um, but I think and I think them getting up at the National Press Club and trying to, or doing what they did in so many ways, they come defending Trump, Donald Trump, President Trump, excuse me. Let me give him the honor that is due him. He is the president of the United States. And uh, uh, so anyway, by by defending President Trump and saying that he is not the driver, he may not be the driver, but he is, he was largely responsible for the agitation that we're seeing, in, in agitating and in, inciting what we're seeing. Those persons were emboldened by him. And I call out uh, Pastor Jeffress in uh, Dallas. And um, I call out um, Franklin Graham. I call out, I call the name. I'm calling the names. Franklin Graham, uh, Paula White, uh, Robert Jeffers. You guys were defending Trump. You all but, uh, you all but um, um, campaigned for him. He calls you all his pastors. You are all participants in some capacity in his inaugural event, Paula White. And for those Negroes still in Paula White's church, I don't know how you're doing it. I, I you know, I, I guess you're doing it just to say that you go to her church or she's your pastor, but, you know, I, I, I don't see how you're doing it. Franklin Graham, I have great respect for you. I have great respect for Samaritan's Person and all that you've done and all over the world with ministry. But it still needs you to call out the president, Dr. Jeffers. You've been the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. You have a large congregation who follow you. Your program is on TBN and other Christian networks. You praise President Trump in the midst of him showing how immoral he is. He's calling you his pastor. Call him out. And for my black brothers, Bishop Wayne T. Johnson, Jackson. Detroit, you prayed for him. You put a prayer shawl on him. You had him at your church. Call him out. Call him out for the bigotry that he has incited. Call it out. For all my other black conservative pastors, and and you share my sentiments and you share my ideology, you share all of this stuff that we share, we have in common with values, call out the bigotry. To my white brothers, aligned in the matter. If you're not going to be a racist, if you don't want to be called a racist, call it out. Make those persons who identify as such 
withdraw from your church, make them withdraw from your organization, get them out the Republican Party. Call out the elected leaders, because I sure am, on my governor, on our senators, on our representatives, and on the state legislature. You will not serve me and try to speak for me if you won't renounce what they're doing. I mean, that's just the reality of it. That is, that is the reality of it. If we're going to be a church, and a friend of mine wrote, wrote on a Facebook page, on my Facebook page when I posted what I was going to be talking about, was he said, he asked the question, so how can I, how can I preach to all people on Sunday morning, have this, this thought, have this process, talk like this? And I said, it's easy. I can do it. For one, I'm obligated to do it. I'm called to be a prophet. Not a prosperity prophet, but I'm called to speak truth to power. If I'm going to be the voice of Christ, injustice everywhere, anywhere is injustice everywhere, as Dr. Keyes, and I may not be saying that correctly, but y'all know, you can look up the statement. But we got to be tired of this. We can't, we must demand. And it has to come. And unfortunately, and you know, I know blacks. We 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 don't agree. We're not blacks. Are not a monolithic group politically, spiritually, educationally, financially. You know, economically, we're not. We get stereotyped of different things all the time. But there's one thing we should all be able to agree about. One thing we should all agree on. That any time a person in leadership does not outright denounce bigotry, racism, xenophobia of any kind. They shouldn't get our support. I don't care if they're pastor. I don't care if they're president. They should not get our support. We ain't got to agree on anything else, but we need to agree on that, especially as if you're black. That's one thing you should agree on. You ain't got to agree on policy. You don't have to agree on how it should be carried out. But the one thing that you must agree on, you absolutely must agree on, is the fact that that racism exists and it's coming out the closet and it's coming out the closet big time under this president. He is allowing it. We saw how he was behaved. As he was campaigning, we saw all of that, and yet some of our brothers and sisters who carry the name of Christ said, "Oh, we'll we'll give them a pass." Some of these same brothers and sisters were denouncing the things that Barack Obama did, calling him a socialist, calling him a communist, calling him all kinds of things, and at least, you know. I, 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 I'm, trust me, I'm not saying Obama was president. I didn't like a lot of things Obama did. I loved the man as president. I think he was one of the smoothest, coolest brothers who walked the planet as a president. I loved his charm. I loved his charisma. I loved how he carried himself in the midst of people drawing him as a, uh, him and his wife, he and his wife as apes kind of calling him all kinds of names, 
Some of these what these were some of the same white people, you know, who were laughing at racist jokes, passing it along, saying, "Oh, it's nothing. It's just a joke." Him as an animal, and here you have a sitting president who is aligning himself with the ideology ideology of racist bigots, and he can. He can be petty as he all day. He he can be petty all day on Twitter, but he acts like he you know he doesn't have the guts to deal with this. To people who are denouncing his own daughter and son-in-law, they're Jews. She converted to Judaism. His son-in-law Jared is a Jew, and he wouldn't renounce and denounce those persons talking about. <laughs> you had a man saying that. That uh, he 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 hates that Jared married that beautiful white woman. That Jew married her, and Donald Trump didn't say nothing about that. Man, please let that have been me, my daughter. I'm saying all this to say uh, that um, we cannot afford to to hide behind the curtain. We must be very vigilant. We must be sober and be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, goes around as a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy. He roars. He's not doing anything but roaring, making a lot of noise and doing nothing. That's what our president is doing. And I said it, and I stand by it, and I can say it as a black Republican. I can say it as a black conservative. I can say it as a pastor in the black church. I can say it, and I mean it. And we have to do something about it. It's gone too far. The joke is over. The reality show, the season should be over. The reality show season should be over. Let's, you know, end this, end this craziness. Just end it. <laughs> I'm feeling awkward because um, I am... Um, Talking in the mic and on my on my phone and I'm not sure how it's working out. I can't tell. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it is what it is. I hope that you all uh, give me some feedback. I love to hear about this. I I want to hear your thoughts. So you can uh, I, again the chat room kind of silent. Uh, oh boy, error on the chat room. Well, uh, so drop your comments. You know, you drop them on the Facebook page. It's around network too. On Facebook, you can go there. You can hit me an email. I don't mind you hitting me an email. However, you want to drop your comments and share your dialogue. Uh, I want to hear it. I want to hear your thoughts. If you have an opposing view or a counter argument, that's what I want to hear. I love to hear your counter argument. I love to hear that. But anyway, I'm going to cut this short because uh, I got to see what's going on, what's going down. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. For tuning in, if you can catch the archive show, uh, if you're listening in live, how are you? Um, y'all can tell me if, if there seems to be anything wrong, because I can't tell right now. It's just crazy. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and close it out. And um, Lord willing, we'll be on the show. I'll be on again uh, next week. So uh, be sure to tune in to us and go to, uh, again, you can go to Block Talk Radio slash Zero Today. You can listen to any archive show. We got some favorite shows that we'll be rebroadcasting. Um, we got a lot of things that we uh, intend to do. Uh, visit the website again, order a copy of my book, Preacher of the Family. 
uh, all those things we invite you to do as we get ready to go into close out summer. Summer's going out, and uh, we're going out with you. We're going to be out of here in a little bit. Pastor Lorenzo Neal, take care. God bless you. We're out.